Well, that was a weird weekend. Friday was a lot of fun, but Sunday, not so much. We'll take a look at what the Oilers did well in Game 3 that they just were not able to translate over in Game 4. They did exactly what I said from last episode. But they also did exactly what I told them not to do as well in Game 4. We'll take a look at that and much more on today's episode of Locked on Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers podcast. I'm your host and former game day producer for the Edmonton Oilers, Brett Holden, as game three for the Oilers was a banger, an 8-2 victory on Friday for the Oilers as they took a 2-1 series lead. But Sunday wasn't so good to the Oilers. A 4-0 loss in Game 4, as that really deflated the entire energy and uh, fun, honestly, that the city had over the weekend. Of course, you're going into a Monday on a low. Isn't that shocking? We will talk more about what the Oilers did well uh, in game three that they just weren't able to do in game four. And a lot of those things were the stuff that we told you to do in game three and four on Friday's episode. And unfortunately in game four is a lot of things that we told the Oilers to avoid in game four. And that's exactly how they lost in game four. Plus we'll take a look at our predictions for the week. Since it is Monday, we'll take a look forward to the rest of the series as there is a game five, there is a game six, but will there be a game seven? We will take a look at that in just a bit. Welcome back to Locked on Oilers. And thank you so much for making Locked on Oilers your first listen every day. Uh, we are free and available wherever you find your podcast. And we are also available on YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube, subscribe there if you're already there. Hello, YouTube. Welcome back. Uh, today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And where we're going to start today is where the game started on Friday in game three, as the Edmonton Oilers took a massive eight two victory out of game three in Los Angeles as they just stomped, stomped, stomped the LA Kings in game three as they ended up actually chasing Jonathan Quick after four goals as Cal Peterson did also end up making an appearance in this series. Not exactly something we expected to see in this series, but we saw it. Cal Peterson was in for uh, the LA Kings in game three eventually. And that was one of the things that we asked the Oilers or told the Oilers that they needed to do in game three was to make Jonathan Quick uncomfortable. Yes, we are going to go back through the three things that we told the Edmonton Oilers to do in game three and four that they needed to have success in and uh, to avoid as well. And, Everything that we said that they needed to have success in in game three, they had success in in game three, and we saw that. Once again, getting back to the point of chasing Jonathan Quick, the Oilers did not make Jonathan Quick comfortable at all. He was chased after 17 shots halfway through the third period, uh, halfway through the second period, excuse me, as the Oilers made it five 
nothing before it even hit the 10-minute mark in the second period. That is how you make a goaltender uncomfortable. And that fifth goal was after Cal Peterson already came into the game. Only a couple minutes after Cal Peterson actually came into the game did the Oilers score their fifth goal of the game. That is insane. That's not only not letting uh, Jonathan Quick get comfortable. That's not even letting Cal Peterson get comfortable. He got into the game. The Oilers hammered on their layered cycle as they always do, as they always get the puck rolling into the offensive zone, rolling underneath the, the face-off dots. And the Oilers really took advantage of that LA Kings team, that young LA Kings team, as they ended up chasing Mike or uh, Jonathan Quick, excuse me, after 17 shots. Again, he was pulled after the fourth goal. Some question marks on whether or not he might even start game four, as even Todd McClellan said that there was some talks and there was some thinking around starting Cal Peterson instead of Jonathan Quick. Unfortunately for the Oilers in game four, the Kings did start with Jonathan Quick. And uh, <laughs> I would put a lot of money on Ben online right now if uh, if I were to say that uh, Jonathan Quick were to start game five as he put up a beautiful performance in game four. The second thing that the Oilers did in game three that was fantastic that they really needed to do in game three was to get the crowd out of the game early. They scored their first goal. Leon Dreisaitl scored his goal uh, three minutes and 50 seconds into the third period. That was Leon Dreisaitl's third goal of the playoffs, already besting his total from the season before. He already has more goals than in the playoffs than he had in four games last year against the Winnipeg Jets. In four games now against the LA Kings. He has three goals in four games against the Jets. He only had two. Now, the Oilers have also won two of those games uh, in Los Angeles as opposed to none in Winnipeg or against Winnipeg. So there is a little bit of a stark difference there. But then again, the Oilers didn't have a crowd to try and take out of the game. They did. They did in game three of the uh, uh, Oilers and Kings series. Plus, it was 5-0, as we already mentioned, before ten, the 10-minute 10 mark in the second period. It makes it pretty easy to not really cheer for your team when you're already down 5-0 before your third beer of the game. That, that makes it kind of tough. Uh, also, along with that... You can take out the teams, uh, you can take out the fans rather with your physicality, and the Oilers did just that. It didn't seem like it, but the Oilers actually got out hit by the Kings in game three 42 to 35. It was the first time in the series that the Oilers were actually out hit by the Kings, but they actually came out with an 8 2 victory, obviously. The Kings are kind of getting that push from their fans as the Oilers did in game one and two, as the Oilers did uh, mention in game one, that did really help with their jitteriness or maybe not necessarily help is the right word to say, but certainly didn't help with how jittery and their nerves had or the nerves they had, excuse me, in game one. Now, was that uh, a factor in Game 3 for the LA Kings, potentially, especially with them being a younger team? They did run around a little bit, but in Game 3 for the Edmonton Oilers, 
Evander Kane with eight hits. Not only is he scoring a hat trick, eight hits for Evander Kane in game three as you were just wondering whether or not he was going to put the puck into the back of your net or if he was going to hammer you through the back of the boards is sitting into the second row of the Crypto.com arena. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> every time he was on the ice, you knew it, whether he was hammering you or hammering the puck into the net. Eight hits for Evander Kane in Game three, Darnell Nurse, four hits in game three. And Evan Bouchard in game three, three hits as well. A bunch of guys who you don't expect to be hitting are hitting for the Oilers and were hitting for the Oilers in game three. And that really helped the Oilers keep with their uh, the puck in the uh, king zone. Keep it below their goal line and force the cycle. Keep them uncomfortable. Get them tired and draw their goaltender out of position and draw their uh, fans out of the game. All of those things went well for the Oilers, and that is why the Oilers won 8-2 to two in Game 3. However, the Oilers did none of those things in game four, we will get to that and just how badly the Oilers really did perform in game four in just a second. But first, let me tell you more about our partner, Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL hockey playoffs, uh, and Major League Baseball is in full swing. Plus, we talked about the Kentucky Derby last week before the weekend hit. Uh, hello, the second longest shot in Kentucky Derby history won the Kentucky Derby this weekend, okay? Pretty, pretty, pretty good reason to take a look at Bet Online's odds for this year. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and much, much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I need a water break after that one. Ooh, excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you so much for you are listening to Locked On Oilers. Thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. And make sure for your next listen after this episode, head over to Locked On NHL podcast or Locked On Now, excuse me, for nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And plus, it's on YouTube, as I already mentioned, as we are as well. Let's take a look at game four as uh, <laughs> hastily as we can. Let's just put it that way. The Oilers got absolutely smashed last night in game four and not in a good way. Four nothing, as we already mentioned. As, there is just no compete, no fight from the Oilers since the start of the games as the first thing that we mentioned for the uh, Edmonton Oilers to do in game three, or one of the first things that the Oilers really needed to do in game three was to take the crowd out of the game as they did with Leon Dreisaitl's first goal in the th uh, three minutes into the first period. Well, 
the Oilers didn't exactly do that in game four. They allowed the first goal of the game. The Kings scored eight minutes into the game. They were up one nothing before the 10-minute mark. I am squinting and cringing because that is the good old story of the Edmonton Oilers all season, isn't it? Isn't it just as the Oilers couldn't quite score the first goal of the game, they couldn't score the second goal of the game, and they just squandered since. The Oilers weren't able to get back into the game. The crowd was all over the Oilers, was all over the Kings. Go, Kings, go. Go, Kings, go. Ref, you suck. Ref, you suck. It was relentless at the Crypto.com arena as the Kings fans really really, really got into the game and really, really, really helped that young team fight out and dig out of that hole that the Oilers put the Kings in. But the King, the Oilers gave the Kings the ladder to get out of that hole. As they let the Kings fans get into the game, the Oilers were outshot 20-10 to 10 in the first period. Lots to cheer about for the Kings fans in the first period, and they were outshot 46-31 to 31 in the whole game. That's a lot to cheer about, especially when your team is banging and hitting and getting into stuff after each and every scrum. It was a chippy game, and there was a lot for Kings fans to cheer about since the first whistle of the game. The Oilers were unable to get the LA Kings fans out of the game, and that was crucial for the Kings and for the Oilers to not be able to get out of. The weird thing is, is that the Oilers actually out hit the Kings in this game, 38 to 27, but they weren't out gridded. The little things, the small things, the Oilers got penalized for a couple of their hits. The Oilers were not able to out grit the young players of the LA Kings. And it really showed Mikey Anderson is one of, if not the greasiest players in the series. And he's getting under the skin of not only Oilers fans, but the Edmonton Oilers as well. That DDT, let me just go off on a little bit of a rant here. That DDT from Mikey Anderson is one of the dirtiest things I've seen in hockey. And he knew exactly what he did. You, you cannot DDT. And I'm using a wrestling term because that's what it was. It was a wrestling move on ice, on liquid concrete. And the NHL just let it happen. No wonder Ryan Nugent Hopkins got up and took him down into a sprawl, into a ground and pound like Chuck Liddell in the UFC because that was a dirty play. Mikey Anderson went and wrapped his head around uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins' knee in hopes that he wouldn't get hit afterwards because he knew it was dirty. He knew it was dirty. And the Kings, or excuse me, the NHL and the rest did absolutely nothing about it. At the end of the game, everybody gets a misconduct. You get a misconduct. You get a misconduct. Everybody gets a misconduct like Oprah Winfrey. And this is playoffs? You're officiating the game now with five minutes left in the game? Now that is a joke. I, I, I Excuse me. That was not a part of what I wanted to get into for game four, but that was 
awful in regards to player safety and in regards to officiating. But let's get back onto track because it wasn't the Oilers' fault for the officiating. What it was the Oilers' fault was the fact that they let Jonathan Quick stay comfortable and look like Jonathan Quick of the old, as mentioned already, only 10 shots in the first period, or in the first period, yes, excuse me, for the Oilers. And then they followed that performance up with eight in the second. What are you doing? What are you doing? We've already compared Jonathan Quick on this show to the prime of Dominic Hasek. So what are we doing here? Why are we letting Jonathan Quick, the greatest goaltender of this generation, arguably without Henrik Lundqvist and Carey Price and uh, Pecorine? Uh, what are we doing here? Why are we letting him look, make saves off his head, make saves without his freaking glove on his hand? What are we doing? Mike Smith, I'm getting heated. My glasses need to come off. What are we doing? Jonathan Quick looked fantastic in game four, and there's a reason why the Kings won four nothing going into game five. With there, I see a little bit of the momentum. Because Jonathan Quick let them get that momentum. The Oilers let Jonathan Quick into the game and let the LA Kings get that momentum. Because it just never felt like in the first two periods that the Oilers ever really had a chance at sustained pressure and actually getting the puck into the net. Fantastic game by Jonathan Quick. And that is exactly what the LA Kings need if they need a win. And that's exactly what happened. The final thing that the Oilers did not do in game four, which was to their detriment, was the lack of physicality. Where was it? What? We mentioned that the Oilers did actually out-hit the Kings in game four, 38-27. But in all 60 minutes, we mentioned how important in game three and two, and even in game one, Zach Cassian was. But in all 60 minutes of game four, Zach Cassian, <laughs> let me get this out here. Played seven minutes and 15 seconds. Why? Why? Why, I ask you, Jay Woodcroft, especially when the Edmonton Oilers are getting hammered in regards to the grittiness and just how often guys like Connor McDavid, guys like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like Leon Dreisaitl, like Evander Kane, like Darnell Nurse are getting in those scrums and getting eventually kicked out in the case of Evander Kane and Darnell Nurse. Why is your craziest man on the team not playing at least 10 to 12 minutes in that type of game? Zach, or, uh, Warren Fogle, 6 minutes and 39 seconds. Another guy who creates energy for the Oilers. Why? Where were they? And I don't want to really put Jay Woodcroft on blast because he's obviously done a great job. This is the first time the Oilers have lost, or excuse me, the Oilers haven't lost at all. Only three times back-to-back -back games. They've only lost back-to-back -back games three times since Jay Woodcroft has taken over. <laughs> That's how I wanted to phrase that. So I'm not going to get on Jay Woodcroft's case here. But why are they not playing in one of the grittiest games you've played all season? 
I don't get that. The four, the four biggest hitters in game four in last night's game for the Oilers are <clears throat> Cody Cece, Josh Archibald, Kyler Yamamoto, and Connor McDavid, each with four. Again, I ask, why? There was no physicality in game four for the Oilers as that showed. And that was clearly a reason why the Oilers were not able to get it done in game four, but were able to get it done in game three. But let's take a look ahead at games five and six and potentially game seven. We shall see and we shall get into that in just a second. But first... Let me tell you a little bit about Built Bar as summer is coming. You can feel it in the air. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. And Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on the family vacations. Throw them in your backpack. Throw them in the kids' backpack. Make sure that everybody has a snack bar to go and are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars is that they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. Uh, with Built Bar, you can have both. They are they worry about making the food delicious first and then worry about getting it healthy second. I have ton, I have talked a ton, a ton about their puffs. They come in crazy flavors. I am crazy about them, but they come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and churro. Oh my goodness. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? Plus the best part is that they're only about 140 calories. <laughs> Sign me up. Most built bars have about 130, 140 calories in them with four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. When you compare that to your normal candy bar that usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, it is high and away much better for you. If you go to built.com, you can get all of your favorites like banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. You can check them out at built.com. When you go to built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15, that is LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15. 15 to get 15% off at built.com. And we are off to the third period of this, of today's Monday's episode, Monday's edition of Locked on Oilers. As I get a little bit of water to get me through this third period. And we're going to take a look at just what the Oilers and what, well, really what our predictions are for uh, the rest of the week as it is Monday. So we'll take a look at the rest of the week. We'll end on a positive note as the Oilers did uh, not have the best of game fours, but let's take a look at game five and six as game six has been promised for uh, this series. Will there be a game seven? 
No, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. No, uh, <laughs> excuse me. With our um, our crossover episode with Sarah and Locked On Kings, we talked about just exactly when uh, this series or how long the series will go. I don't see it going past six. We both agreed Oilers in six. And that is where I'm going to keep our little uh, agreement, let's put it, as uh, I think the Oilers will take it in game six in Los Angeles. I wish we could have done it on home ice, but I'll be honest with you, I don't want to bring it back to a game seven because I don't fully trust it. Uh, I do think that the Oilers will win in six. With that being said, that means that I think the Oilers will win game five. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, I do think that the Oilers will win game five. as uh, They've only lost consecutive games, as I've mentioned, since Jay Woodcroft. They've only lost uh, consecutive games uh, twice, excuse me, not three times, twice. Ooh, that is a bad omen <laughs> if I did say three times. They've only lost uh, consecutive games twice under Jay Woodcroft since he took over in February and on February 10th. And I really don't see the Oilers doing that again. I really don't see the Oilers coming out on home ice in front of their home crowd after an absolute stinker. And I don't see them uh, putting up another absolute stinker. I think the Oilers are going to have a fire under their butt. And they are going to have a terrific game five. And turn that into an even better game six, hopefully. And end the series there. Plus, one more thing about game five. As obviously the Oilers couldn't even get a goal in game four. I think the Oilers will score the first goal in game five. And I think it's going to be Zach Hyman battling away, battling away in front of the net, jamming home an ugly goal, opening the floodgates early as the Oilers score the first goal of the game. But what do you think? Will the Oilers win game five? Will they win in six games? Or have the Kings flipped this series on their head? As they, Can the Kings take game five in Edmonton? Can they take game six in LA? Will this game or will this series go to game seven? Who knows? I want to hear, though, what you think. How many games will this series go? Are the Oilers hooped now after the tough loss in L.A.? Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Oilers and making Locked on Oilers your first listen every day. For your next listen, make sure you listen to Locked on NHL from first-round matchups to each and every Stanley Cup kiss. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast, And it's even on YouTube, as are we. So make sure, if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube, Locked on Oilers, make sure you do that as well. And if you're not following us on Twitter, make sure you go there as well. Thank you so much, Oilers, country, Oilers fans and oil country. As unfortunately, the weekend couldn't have ended on a tougher note. But the Oilers and the Kings have Game 5 on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Let me know your predictions for that game. Will the Oilers actually score? Let me know. We'll have that and more on next episode, on tomorrow's episode. But... Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Monday, everybody, and we shall see you soon.